You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome to God Stories Radio, Session 15. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. 15 sessions, Mikey. I can't believe it. It's just unreal what God's done. It is. He is working, and we're just being obedient to what he called us to do, and we've got got them lined up for another month or so. I know it. And, and, you know, just a few weeks ago, we were sitting around scratching our head going, uh, who could we get on the program? Yes, we were. Who would take time to actually give their testimony on Mm -hmm. the program? And I thought, you know, when before we started this, I started to uh, go online and check certain sites. And there was a lot of sites that you could write in your testimony. So I thought when we did, you know, when we did this, that we were going to have people calling us and, and uh, or not calling, but at least writing us and blogging us that I want to give my testimony. And I started to pray about it. And God told me, just stay where you're at and keep drawing from here. So that's what I'm going to do. Who knew that uh, God was going to bless it? Right in our own back door. Really? Unbelievable. Speaking of which, we have some special guests tonight. Who do we have, Mikey? We have Ken McDermott and John Durham from War. And Ken, Ken's here to uh, give his actual um, personal testimony tonight. We have the war portion of the Men of War. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh I don't know, man. You just you just you just uh, strike me as a brother that's battle hardened. You've been, been through, through a few. That's what I'm saying. Well, man, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're excited to hear your testimony. Well, uh, I'm glad to be here, and it's my hope that uh, this impacts somebody so that they don't they get to where I'm at now faster than they would have otherwise. You know, I don't want them to hear the message and and it doesn't do anything for them. It doesn't do any, it isn't effective if you just listen to it and don't learn anything from it. I wasn't, uh, I grew up in a military family. My father was 32 years in the army and I wasn't raised in church and I don't blame him for that. He was, he was a Vietnam veteran. His dad was uh, Navy kind of hard and I didn't know the full story on how my dad was raised until in my teenage years and it it was bad his father was a physically verbally abusive and we just we know he didn't we didn't go to church he always instilled values in me which I still carry today and I have since I was a kid but the spiritual values were lacking when I grew up. I mean, I went through most of my adult life. I joined the Army at 18. I spent 10 years active. And I think there's been certain spots in my life that I can remember. I remember when I was I was small, I went to I went to a church with a with 
a friend of mine named Jonathan. And I don't recall how many times I went there, but I always enjoyed it. And then we moved away from there. We'd move every three years. And so it was spotty. And I don't recall ever going back after that. When I'd lose people close to me and we would attend the funeral. And I think a lot of young adults will do that. They go through something tragic and it kind of draws them in for a short period of time because I guess you really don't know where else to turn. And I always mm -hmm. believed God was up there. It's just I didn't know him. And I really didn't. I only wanted him on my terms, you know. And if it was those short, it would be short times like weeks after I lost my grandfather. I can remember that I'd ask my uncle about God and, and he would answer the questions for me, but it never, nobody ever sat me down and explained it enough where it would sink in. So it was always a temporary thing. I would bounce in and bounce back out. And then when I hit my 20s and I was out on my own, you know, 18, I left the house, joined the army. And by my 20s, I was just kind of doing what I, you know, doing my thing. And then I really didn't have time for God. I would see him. But, and I never was an atheist. I always believed he was up there. It's just, I didn't really have time for him. And I didn't feel like, you know, he had other things to do. <laughs> you know, he's a busy guy. Mm -hmm. He probably doesn't have much time for me either. Especially since I know he's up there, but I didn't really want much to do with him. Because it was going to, for lack of a better word, I guess, cramp my style or get in the way of what I wanted to do. And I ran kind of crazy for those those 10 years in the service I mean it was it was out of control I was I was not living right I was living like a typical GI and I think that's pretty much you know partying alcohol was a big part of my life not to the point where I was an alcoholic but that's how we have fun mm -hmm. that's our that's what we did I'm never I was never overly nice to anyone you know I wouldn't go out of my way to to be nice to you. I wouldn't go out of my way to be rude, but I wasn't overly friendly. And then I got out of the military, went through a few jobs, got into uh, the field I'm in now, and we were stationed in, I was 39, and we were assigned in Texas. And I wasn't going through anything particularly difficult at the time. I mean, I was, I was making a decent living. I had two children, and uh, Life was okay. I didn't like Texas much, but other than that, life was pretty good. <laughs> but we're out there, and I don't know, I think it was a Thursday morning. I had a coworker who was a, one of the local cops. And I went to work one day, and I asked him, hey, this coming Sunday, is there any, any good churches around here? And I have no idea why I asked him that. I wasn't planning on asking it. But I got to work and I just got this bug and I was like, you know, do you know of a good church? And then he tells me about this church up the road from the house and he said, I went there when I was, you know, my marriage was in trouble and this place, you know, really saved my marriage, turned it around for me. I wasn't having marriage problems. Like I said, things were pretty good. And I didn't tell my wife because I didn't know how she would react to it. Mm -hmm. So 
that Sunday morning, you know, I just kind of sprung it on her. I woke her up about 7.30, and I shook her awake, and I'm like, you know, hey, honey, get up, uh, get dressed, we're going to go to church. <laughs> That's what she did. <laughs> she, really, she rolled over, she looked up at me, and she's like, you know, you know, what did you say? And I was like, let's go, we got to get the kids up, we're going to go to church. And she just laid there for like two minutes looking at me with this look on her face like, you know, what? I think she was probably thinking, you know, who are you and where is my husband? Yeah. You know, what did you do? Because when we, when we initially met, you know, I asked her to marry me three times. And the third time she said yes, but the first two it was, you know, no. And she said it was because I was mean. And I would talk to her the way, I couldn't get the army out of me. And I would talk to everybody the same way. It didn't, it wasn't rude to me. It was how I've been talked to since I was 18. I was mm -hmm. used to it. But that's not popular when you're trying to get a girl to marry you. <laughs> so, you know, she told me no. And the third time she said yes. But, and then that, that Sunday, or I, Sunday I hit her with that let's go to church thing. And she just laid there for a minute and she got up. And she got dressed, and we got the kids dressed, and that Sunday we went to service, and I don't really know. The next part is, it's hard to explain. I left, I left the service, and the message was good, and then I got home and sat down, and I started uh, really thinking about, because he spoke about, you know, your e eternal life and how the life you spend on earth is, it's just really, it's a blink. You know, if you compare it to God's watch, it's not even a tick on the hand of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so short. And I started thinking about that. And, you know, I, like I said, I've never been an atheist, but I think I sat down and took a really good look at, you know, where do I want to be when this is over? And how important is a the brief time that I have here and what should I be doing with it I went back that Wednesday evening same church listened to the same another message and for the first few sermons the things that were going through my head it felt like he was talking to me mm -hmm. like I could have showed up there been the only one in church and the message would have been right on and I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, every time, because I would talk to her about these things that were going on. And every time we'd come out of there, I'm like, you know, are you telling him, you know, what I'm telling you? Because, <laughs> you know, it was so pointed that literally we could have been sitting at a table having a conversation about the exact things that we talked about. Mm -hmm. Was she a Christian at this time? She, she was a Christian when she was younger. And my wife has had a, I mean, she now, I look at it now that I'm a Christian, and I look back and I look at her, and she to me is proof that God is real. She's proof of it because she had a horrible, horrible life growing up. And if he wasn't real, there's no way she would be the person that she is today. No way. And at the time, I didn't think about it, but I knew that she had been 
and she was a Christian when she was younger. And that's part of part of the thing that really started convicting me as I was looking at her and I'm thinking, you know, she was a Christian when she, at some point before she met me, but how far have I led her on the path that I was walking, you know? Did she follow me down this wrong road? And is it my fault that she's not a Christian anymore or not as close as she was to God before I was in her life? We talked and talked and talked, and I kept going back to church on the Sundays, and then I'd go back on Wednesdays. And one night after the Wednesday service, I was sitting in the back, and I told my wife, I'll meet you out there at the car in a minute. And I was sitting in the church, and the whole place was empty. And the pastor had finished preaching, and they were cleaning things up. And he came down off the stairs to leave, and I asked him, I walked up to him, and I said, how? How can I get what they have? You know, I want I want to be closer to God. I want to know God. I want God to know me. And he took me through uh, salvation. He explained it to me. And I, I went home. He told me to pray about it, so I did. And I confessed my sins, and I asked, you know, God to forgive me and make me who he wanted me to be because I was a good provider but I was not a good father or a good husband I was because there's a difference between providing for your family Mm -hmm. and doing what you're supposed to do for your family I mean if money was all there was to it I was good that's right because I was taking care of them they had a roof they had food I'd always done that but I missed out on the most important part of being a father and a husband. I went back, I got baptized, you know, I gave my life to God, and then a week, a week later, me and my son were sitting on the couch, he's 16 years old, and I was saved. So we were sitting on the couch and I asked him, now he had grown up with the the other kin. Mm-hmm. And the one he knew was no nonsense, you know, kind of rough. And we're sitting on the couch, and I asked him, you know, what do you think about, what do you think about God? And he's like, Dad, you know, I don't even believe in that. You know, it's a fairy tale. And I can tell you, as a dad, that is not a good place to be. It's not. Because he's looking, he looked at the... He looked at the example I set, and now I'm asking him about something I never told him anything about. And now all of a sudden, I'm asking him about these things which I've never talked to him about before. And he has to be thinking, you know, who is this guy? You know, to tell me that this God is real. Where was he at for the last 16 years? Mm Mm-hmm. I tell other men this. I said, I kind of felt at that moment, and I couldn't think of a way to express it for a long time, but I felt like I'd basically walked my son to the gate of hell and then left him there, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of walked off. Because at this point now, I'm going to heaven, and I condemned him 
by my example and the things that I did to a life of eternal darkness, you know, in the afterlife. And that's my fault because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I prayed about it for a long, long time, all the way we were in Texas. And that's, that's really all I would pray about is please, you know, let undo what I did, you know, fix fix my wife, fix my youngest son, my oldest boy, you know, don't let this happen. And the whole time we were there, the wife, she, she came around slowly because she had faith before, mm-hmm. but I think she was kind of waiting to see, you know, is this real or is it one of those kind of where someone passes away, he's in it for two weeks, he's out of it, he's yeah, in it, he's out of it. to see if you had a valid experience. And I think she just wanted to see whether, yeah, whether it was real, whether it was sure. valid, whether it was just a show. And I don't blame her, you know. She'd known me from 26 to 39, and I was the same guy the whole time. I was a rough guy. You know, we left Texas, and then we came to Claremont. And when we had left Texas, I had a, a bad experience in that church. It was it was. It was a bad experience, and we got here, and I'd kind of laid out of church. I thought, you know, and I've heard a million people say this, I can I can be close to God without church. And I thought that. I thought, you know what? I believe in God. I'm close to God. I'm saved. I can do this without going to church because that church, you know, it was bad at the end. And then... I got here and I did for three three months. I didn't go to any at any church. And I would say prayers and I was, you know, I was still praying about my son. And nothing was happening, nothing was happening. I did a, and this is just out of the blue. I went on the internet and did a search for uh men's groups. And real men popped up. So I go to the website, I'm clicking on all the, and I find out what time it is on Mondays. I showed up. I remember I met Mark St. Clair and John Wilson. Mm -hmm. First time in. Mark invited me into his group. Kind of went there. Tried to stay kind of quiet, just listen. But I attended real men for four months and never came to a church service. I would wow. go there, and then I would go home. Wow. Go there and home. And I'm still praying about my son. We still hadn't gone to a Sunday service, and I was in the room praying about my kid. And I remember thinking, you know, maybe maybe I'm asking for the wrong thing here. I'm asking him to fix what I'd done, fix what I'd done, and it wasn't happening. So I went in my room, sat down by myself, and said, God, if it's, if it's your will that he not be saved, then just help me understand why it's not going to happen. I'll accept whatever it is you decide to do with him. Just help me understand if he's not going to receive salvation, why he's not going to. Just help me understand it and get my head around it. And I left it at that. I, I went to a Sunday service. And I went 
because of the experience at the other church, I, I came to probably two months. I would go alone on Sunday. And I asked my wife, you know, a few times in between there, but I thought if I push this, you know, it's just going to drive her further away because she's going to think, you know, I'm trying to force her to go. Mm-hmm. So I just kept going and I kept praying and God was telling me, you know, you don't have to force her to come to me. Just walk out what you say you believe and keep doing that. So every chance I got, I would talk to him and talk to him about Jesus and talk to him about, you know, real life and how much I was enjoying it. I never asked him to go. And after about two months, my wife agreed to come with me and my sons did. So we came, the message was great. You know, my son and my wife really enjoyed Justin because he's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. and they liked the message and they kept coming back with me and we were in we did this for maybe four or five months and my 16 year old because I didn't want to push and drive him away you know that's, I didn't want to be sure. yeah I didn't want to be the reason that I wanted to let basically I think I just wanted to let God either help me understand why he wasn't going to be saved or fix it because I can't save him. It's Mm -hmm. not my job, and I'm just not qualified. So I kind of, I just kept taking him to church, and I kept walking it out in front of him. One day he came up to me, and we were sitting down in the living room, and he started talking to me about it. And he asked me questions, and I answered them. And then... I'd read him verses out of the Bible and I talked to him about eternity and you know told him and this is not easy to do when you're a dad I was I told him son you know you think that the man I was before because I was rough and I was a good provider and that that's what you saw and you think that's what a man is I said but I was a fool I had it all wrong Everything I was showing you and doing was wrong, all of it. I said, the part where I was taking care of you and providing for you financially, that's a man's responsibility. But the part I missed was more important than the money part. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I failed you. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy to say to your son when you're a man. And I explained to him how I'd failed him, and I told him about God and that he's perfect and he's not, you know, your earthly father who's a flawed man, just like every other man walking around. And we talked and talked and talked and I explained salvation to him like it was explained to me. And I explained to him what baptism was and what it symbolized. And a month, maybe a month, three weeks or a month after that, I baptized him. Mm-hmm. I was there. My youngest son and my son's wife, all in the you know the same night, and I can. Mm-hmm. That's overwhelming. It is. You know, I can't wait for the day for me to do it for mine. And I think the most, the craziest part, was that, the same man, who had always shown him the wrong way to go, is the same one he used, to bring him to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a that only God can do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when the same guy that that messed everything up 
under his own authority, comes under the authority of God. And I think to be a, a leader of your family, you have to be a good follower. Amen. You know, you have to be, you have to be willing to humble yourself and say, I can't do this. You know, apart from you, I can do nothing. I mean, you can, I did things apart from him, but none of it was right. It was all wrong. I was a fool then. And when I started following God and I did it in the big things, all the little things just kind of fell right into place. I didn't even have to do anything because I was focused on him. Everything got right. You know, my family, I baptized them. I started walking out my faith and our marriage has always been good. There's been rough spots and I think, you know, we figured out, you know, what makes me and my wife argue and it's me. <laughs> but I think I think that once once I started walking out my faith in front of her and I quit you know, I'd prayed about my marriage even though it was all right. And I figured out that I had been I, what I thought was unconditional love was really performance-based love. I loved her because, like, if you'd have asked me then, why do you love your wife? I would have said, well, because she's a good cook or because, you know, she's always real sweet to me. Or, And if you asked me that same question today, I would just say, because she's my wife. I love her because she, I love her. There is no there is no reason, one reason why I love her. It isn't because of anything she does. It's because of who she is. There are no conditions placed on mm -hmm. it. I love her the way I'm loved, you know, Charles, when I don't deserve Charles Stanley coins it genuine love, and I can't wait to experience that myself. Mm -hmm. Ken, i got to give you props. i got to back up the film to uh, where you had that talk with, with God and that you actually gave your son over and admitted I can't fix this and if you're not going to fix it just tell me why because I think frustration would have got the better of me you know be because you want to make it right and as men we're fixers that's what we're that's how we're wired mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing part of this whole story is that you trusted God to fix it or not you know, but right. you trusted him to, to at least uh, tell you why. And that's, I mean, that's, I was, when I got, when I was sitting in that room, I was, you know, I was like, I felt like I was at the end of my rope. You know, you're holding on to that last knot at the end of the rope. And, and I was like, you know, nothing I'm asking. You know, is it what I'm saying? Is it how I'm praying? And that's when it, you know, I just said, whatever it's going to be, you know, whatever your will is for him, if it's to fix it, you know, please fix it. If it's not, just let me understand why you're not going to fix it. Because I obviously cannot do this. I cannot fix this. What I've done, only you can undo. And when I trusted him with it, he did undo it and fixed it. Brother, that's next level maturity yep. right there as far Absolutely. as I'm concerned. Faith. Faith for sure. Whoa. John Durham in the house tonight. <laughs> What's up, my brother? 
Well, first of all, I'm, I'm just glad to be here with my brother Ken, and I think that uh, it's just an awesome privilege to be able to walk beside your brothers in Christ. I know that we talk about that every Monday night at Real Men. But, Amen. Uh, God's blessed me with this relationship, and it's something that, uh, you know, as we came together, we, we've been on the show before talking about war. One of the things that we always said was, we don't want to talk it, we want to live it. And uh, so for him that you know, want me to come over here with him tonight and, and see the... the <laughs> If I may interject with something, you see Ken sits here and he talks about how hard and direct he is, but actually his nickname around our house is Shug. Shug. Uncle Shug, we call him, because uh, he's got, <laughs> One of the things that he didn't divulge tonight is he has an extremely, extremely out-of-control sweet tooth. My wife happens to be a, a, a cupcake um, baker. She makes cupcakes. Hello. And he's, mm -hmm. he tests every every flavor, and... By the grace of God, every cupcake he eats is the best cupcake he ever had. So he. <laughs> what can I say? Hey, it's good to have so, a brother in your back but, pocket uh, like that. Uh, you know that it's willing really, to test your cupcakes. I'll tell you, and what's and what's really refreshing is I've got I've been blessed with the opportunity to to meet and develop a relationship with Ken on the backside of this. Um, you know, I, it's amazing when you hear somebody's story and they tell you about their life. And you, it's hard sometimes because when you look at a man and see him where he is today, it's hard to imagine where he was yesterday. Amen. Uh, and so it's just been a, just, just an awesome journey. And God has really revealed to me that, you know, blood is thicker than water, but we're talking about the blood of Christ. We're not talking about the physicality of, of uh, offspring here. We're talking about of a spiritual nature. And, and I think that's something that we've learned and developed over the last year that, you know, he's my brother. Absolutely. You know, Amen. Even though I'm a Yankee from New England and he's a redneck from God's Tennessee. country. Yeah. And a Red <laughs> Sox and a Patriots fan. He's a wicked, <laughs> wicked hardcore a Pats fan. A wicked hardcore. But right. uh, it just goes to show God has a sense of humor, you know. Yeah. Right. Us two together. But um, it just, I've, I've been so blessed to see transformation just in the time that we've met in his Amen. life, you know, and it's, and it's just been awesome to be able to see that unfold in, in front of me and my family um, as I get to see him interact with his wife and his sons. And I know how much he loves his family and how he wants to lead in a way that pleases God. And, and it's just it's awesome to be able to call him my brother, to know that when we're in the trenches, he's standing next to me. You know, and So that's the reason I'm here tonight. I just want to support him and, and let him know that you know, he's not alone in this battle. And that we're here for each other, you know. Can you uh, take just a minute to give us kind of an update on on war and where you guys are and absolutely, kind of what's going on? Uh, last time we came in here, we were through, through the uh, intro in the first three sessions. We've since broken it down, and we're into sessions four, five, and six right now. Uh, and we've kind of laid out the uh, the, the game plan of what we're going to do in wrapping up um wrapping up war with the last session which is called uh, uh, remember who's leading the army which is God and, and kind of uh, breaking that into three different segments and so we're still moving forward with our with our videos and the music and the planning and everything and, and we're I think we're on schedule I think that you know vacations and things like that have come in to sure. play but uh, it's just awesome to see how God is working and I think uh, Ken last time you made you said you want the presentation to uh, how did you put that last time? I want the, I want the presentation to do the message justice. And and you know? I love that. I love that when he said that because it's just, that's what we're all about. We want to 
this is not something we want to rush. This is something that we want God to take a hold of and do it in his time. And and I really believe, and we had a, a little bit of a meeting the other night outside the church after Real Men, um, that we're being tested and tried in this process. And I really think it's an opportunity. God is allowing us to live this together, you know, uh, where he's going through trials or tribulations or Joe's going through something or I'm in it or whatever not. Okay, we're talking about it. Are we going to walk it? Are we going to walk it out together? Are we going to pull together as men and mm-hmm. do the things that we're, what war represents? Do we recognize and acknowledge and what's going on and who's messing with us and what's going and are we leaning on Christ? So, uh, I think that's been a, the bigger part of it is building the relationships with one another and being able to walk out the journey together. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty awesome. Amen. 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 I do want to bring something up that I said earlier because I don't want. I don't want people to go away from this and not get this. When I when I pulled out of church and I said, you know, I can, because I hear people say it all the time, I don't find God at church. I find him at the beach or I find him at the in the forest. He is all those places. And church, the building is not a necessary component to have faith. But it is easy really really easy if you're not surrounding yourself with other believers to be taken out mm-hmm. and it's Amen. i mean it can happen to oh, you yeah. in it can happen to you inside of a week and you can be over because the world will pull you back in it sure will because that's their the devil's whole mission is to get you back on the track you were walking before you started and he's smart he uses things that look harmless he's not going to come and get you with a full frontal assault Mm. because you would back away from him because it would scare you so he uses things like you ain't hurting nobody drinking you know everybody parties everybody goes to bars everybody gets drunk all your friends are doing it you know what's wrong with you you're not better than them so if you do, if that's the people that you go back to surrounding yourself with, you can find God at the beach, and you can find him in the forest. You can find him in your house if he's welcome. But if you're not looking for him, you're not going to find him. Mm-hmm. And eventually you lose sight of him, and you're right back where you started again. He still loves you, but your life will go back to the way it was before because you're pursuing self and things of the world and I look at church kind of like a locker room for a football game the game isn't played in the locker room but you prepare to play it in the locker room that's where you get the game plan when we go out on that field this is what we're going to do that's what church is on Sunday you go in there your brothers and your sisters they build you up they encourage you the pastor gives you the message, that's the game plan. Monday to Saturday, you go play the game. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, you come back and get a new game plan. Mm-hmm. And then you go back out and play some more. And you get practice on Monday nights. Man, a real man. Hey, man. Exactly. <laughs> a real man. <laughs> Sorry, self. Hey, real exactly. Life, real man. Well, I attended real men, like I said, for months. and never Before came to, to church. church. And like John said, you get an opportunity to live it out 
you know, uh, and I, I noticed since you and I have started God Stories Radio that the devil's up the ante. The attack. Yeah, oh, absolutely. When John was talking about that, I was going to bring that up to you. You know, you just this past week you were having a hard time, and uh, all the brothers in the group, they came to your aid. Boom, it took one text, yep. and, you know, and it's 15 guys were blowing up my phone. With 15 swords. <laughs> you can clear a whole lot of jungle with 15 swords, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. And that good. they did. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, 15 swords, you make a road right through that jungle. You know, <laughs> I told you guys I started coming to Real Men, and I had met Mark St. Clair and John Wilson. Right. I was there for about three weeks. So I barely knew these guys. And my grandmother passed away from Alzheimer. And on my drive to Jacksonville, the only people that called me were Mark St. Clair Brothers. and John Wilson. Two, the only two guys I knew at real life, and both of them called me to check on me numerous times while I was up there. And I had friends that live in Jacksonville. Never called. Never came by. Never nothing. I mean, when it comes right down to it, what you do speaks a lot louder than what you say. Mm-hmm. Mark has um, Solomon's Porch Radio, Mark and Mike. Right, he was on uh, Session we, 6. Session 6. I think it was, or Session 5. Yeah, Session 5 or 6. 5, I think it was. And, you know, without without Mark's influence in early on, right. this may have never never come Gone to fruition. Gone to Session yeah. 15. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you, Mark. Yeah, we thanks, love you Mark. and Mike. Yeah. God bless Porch Radio. Well, it's amazing how God, and it's a perfect example. You take a catalyst like just Real Men, for instance. All the stories, all the relationships that came out of that. I mean, you look at your, your radio station, what you guys are doing now, with the influence and, and, and the love and the guidance from another brother, from Real Men. Ken and I's relationship, Real mm-hmm. Men. Joe's relationship with mine and Ken's real men and and God uses these these opportunities to not just handle what's going on on a Monday night but what's going to go on outside of this how far is his arm going to reach well look what how far is right here how far his arm's reaching with the two of you two guys mm-hmm. I mean you guys are, your, your followers are going up people are hearing the message you're delivering the testimonials every single week mm-hmm. and you're touching hundreds of lives in thousands you know um and hopefully the the impact that every man has, if we just every man just goes out and shares what he's learning from real men. Amen. You know, it just that that's how God multiplies the kingdom. And you know, when you make a good point, Ken, you can sit there and say God's at the beach or God's in the woods, but God's in His people. If you want to see God, God dwells within us. That's where you see God is in people. You know, and so, uh, and God is just. <laughs> God's just good all the time. All the time. He really all is. Time. He's just blowing it up. <laughs> it's just, just, it's just like, what is he going to do next? Really, what is going to be next? Wow, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Ken, thank you, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. I enjoyed it. And John, and, thanks uh, for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. And John Durham will be back next week. For next his. week, John next Durham, week, session yeah. 16. Session 16 <laughs> is John Durham. Looking forward to it. I'll be with him. <laughs> Amen. Bring JoJo. We roll in packs. That's how we do okay. it. That's what we yes. do. <laughs> we roll in packs. Bring the whole crew. And again, I just want to thank you guys so much for your ministry. You guys are touching a lot, a lot of people's lives. God's using you guys in, a, in, a, in just a huge way. And 
I'm glad to see your dream. I know that, you know, Mike, we've talked about it before. You, God does make dreams come true. Mm-hmm. He and, does. And Amen. He loves, he works out the good for those that love him. And, you know, you know, it just, I just appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm, I'm really proud of the both of you. And I know Thank that you. may be a little different because I don't want to brag when I'm younger than both of you guys, but still, <laughs> <laughs> but still I am. As your brother in Christ, I'm really proud of both of you. I'm Thank proud you. to know you. I'm proud to call you my brothers. Uh, thank you, John. Completely agreed. You guys are, are doing a great thing here. A really it's, great thing. It's all God's gig. I'm just glad that God chose us. That's it. Out Absolutely. Of, you know, the, he knows what he's doing. Anybody else that he could have chosen, yeah. he chose us. The biggest, I was the biggest introvert you would have wanted to have known like seven years ago and back. But you and, know, that's the thing I think, that's the thing I think is so, is so awesome about God is, and when I read through the Bible, and this was early on when I was walking. I thought, man, you know, he always uses some, like, jacked up people, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, you would think, I thought, why doesn't God, like, why doesn't he go find, like, like, if he was going to kill Goliath, why didn't he get some, like, at least some guy, like, six foot, kind of diesel, you know, mm. good with a spear? Yeah. He chooses some kid, a little kid. With a rock mm-hmm. and some cloth, you know? Right between the eyes. And drops the guy. And you know, Moses. Moses, he wasn't even a good speaker. No, and he started. wanted him to go back to Egypt and talk to the man. Moses tried his best to get out of it. Oh, yeah. He, he did. was good at speaking at that yes, time. He he was. Good, was he? Yeah. <laughs> Saul. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Everybody he chose, David. Everybody he chose was jacked up. And then I figured it out. Like you said, I was an introvert, and you wouldn't think that somebody who's to himself would do a radio show. But the reason that God uses flawed people is because when he does, only he can get the credit. Amen. Amen to that. That's for sure. That's why. And it's, he's done it all the way through the Bible. So he took somebody that was to himself, who gives his testimony at real men, and just floors the whole room, and then puts him on the radio. That's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. And, you know, just before we sign off, just drop us a note at God Stories Radio at Gmail, the blog at GodStoriesRadio.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at God Stories Radio. Also to um, the Men of War site, is it is it up and running? Can they visit the site, get information um, it's, it's on It's in it? the beginning stages. In still, the beginning stages, okay. Some things, yeah. some things that we want to make Still sure. working. Right. So wanted to put that out there. Okay. If you've got and a testimony, we want to hear from you. Right, we do. We want to listen. We want to hear from you. If you have a testimony, just give us a, write us a blog or email us like Fritz had said. Um, and we have um, Canada has uh, gone crazy uh Yep, Canada is downloading, downloading. Has, is number two. Yep, they are going crazy. Then uh, Nambia, what is it? Uh, South, Namibia. Nambia, South Africa, yep. Brazil, Colombia, UK, wow. Japan, UK. And the newest one, India. India. God brings the rain. Amen. He's bringing the rain. I heard you say that last night. That's awesome. <laughs> bringing the rain. Well, what's God Stories Radio, Session 15. I'm Fritz. I'm not. God bless. Him.